The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff, and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. On December 27, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina, with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. This is the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, August 15th. I'm Donald Ware. What that means now, with it being Tuesday, August 15th, is we're now 11, count them, 11 days away from the start of the HBCU football season. I hope you've enjoyed our HBCU Football Daily Podcasts to this point, Chennis Berry, the head football coach at Benedict, came on the program on yesterday, and we had a, a couple of coaches on last week, including Bethune-Cookman head football coach Raymond Woody and Jackson State head football coach T.C. Taylor as well. Both of those uh, gentlemen new head football coaches to their respective programs. So uh, that said, on today's program... I want to kind of take a look at some of the key games throughout the course of the upcoming season. And I mean, this is just based upon a lot of what we saw last year, projections, what a team or teams have uh, that sort of coming back because you never really know, right? Like, is there going to be some, some teams that are going to be surprise teams that are going to be able to compete? They're going to be teams that are going to bounce back. For instance, maybe an Alabama A&M. Uh, in the swag, 
And so this is just kind of, or these are just some of my thoughts in terms of some of the teams that I think uh, are some of the games that I think that are going to be key games uh, in 2023. We're going to start with the opening week, or as some call it, week zero, with the MEAC SWAC Challenge between South Carolina State and Jackson State. And while this is not a conference game, it's bragging rights between the MEAC and the SWAC. To me, it's a game that can help to set the tone for South Carolina State's season and for Jackson State, quite frankly, uh, particularly going into the next week. I'll talk a little bit more about that momentarily for Jackson's or for South Carolina State. So for South Carolina State, um, the Bulldogs have that game and then the very next week go to Charlotte and then go to Georgia Tech. So this is a game that South Carolina State, because South Carolina State needs to rebound uh, a really off season last year after winning the HBCU National Championship in 2021. You're only talking about three wins last year. So it's a it's a it's a reset because in a, a lot of a good a good amount of the players from the 2021 national championship team will also be back this year. So you you know it was maybe one of those years. I mean I don't want to say that the Bulldogs weren't focused, but maybe they weren't as focused as they could have been. And I think when you have a season like that, the focus comes more into play for 2023 because you want to show that to the, the the national championship year in 2021 wasn't a fluke. Meanwhile, for Jackson State, it sets the tone because the following week, Jackson State plays Florida A&M. Um, and not only is that a conference game, it's a division game. So that's a game that could, in fact, at that moment, okay, week one, of the HBCU football season could determine who wins the SWAC's Eastern Division and represents the Eastern Division in the SWAC championship game. So that's why it's a pivotal game for Jackson State, and I think a pivotal game, uh, even though it's non-conference, when you look at the HBCU season or projections for the HBCU season. Week one, Texas Southern and Prairie View A&M um, in Houston, and listen, that's a that's a game because I think the SWAC's Western Division is wide open. We saw that last year. We saw it come down to the last game of the season when Southern ended up winning it, right? But but Southern had to. I mean, it could have been. It could have went to Prairie View A and M. Could have went to Texas Southern. Could have went to Alcorn State, and Southern. Um, one almost really won the division by default. So you're going to hear a lot of games where they're going to be SWAC Western Division games in this list. But I think that that uh, Texas Southern and Prairie View A&M to start the season, because again, perhaps not as much as I think the Eastern Division could be won, but the Western Division could be won in week one. I think there's a lot of season left to play, but uh, when I look at it and because the teams in that division are so tough, you've got, you know, four, three or four teams that legitimately can contend for that division crown. Um, and then of course, as I mentioned, fam, you and Jackson state, I mean, enough said, uh, the last couple of years <clears throat> in 21 and 22, Jackson state won it. 
Jackson State ended up winning the Eastern Division where FAMU was right there behind uh, Jackson State. But the issue was Jackson State had won uh, that particular game head to head. Let's look at week three. Um, Again, Jackson State on the docket again versus Southern. I think this is a pivotal game. First of all, it's Jackson State and Southern. Uh, That's number one. You know it's going to be jam-packed. Um, the stadium is going to be sold out for that game. Uh, but also, uh, again, as the Western Division, it's a conference game, as the Western Division is going to be very, very tough. Um, you know, a, a pivotal game for both because let's say let's say Jackson State loses that game to FAMU. Well, that's a pivotal game now for Jackson State. Uh, and uh, not as much, I think, at that point in the season for Southern uh, because I Southern, I'm not even, I, I don't have it in front of me. I don't think Southern has, would have played a SWAT game um, to that point. Maybe they would have. But either way, um, it's a much more pivotal game for Jackson State, particularly if the Tigers are coming off a loss to FAMU. And then the other game for week three that I think is a big game um, is, um, uh, and excuse me, this is, should be this should be week two. Excuse me, this should be this should be uh, 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 actually should be week two, not week three. But uh, Jackson State, uh, excuse me, North Carolina A and T and, and North Carolina Central and North Carolina A and T for this reason. Um, for A and T, I think for the Aggies it sets the tone for this season because the Aggies would have come off the game against UAB going into the new conference, the CAA going to be some tough games in the conference, some games where you're going to be facing top 25 opponents um, in a lot of weeks throughout the course of the conference season. So if you're A&T, you need to be able to find uh, some games that are winnable games. And this is a winnable game for A&T. Likewise, for North Carolina Central, defending champs uh, coming off the previous week against Winston-Salem State. So playing down, if you will. And meanwhile, A&T is playing up the week before. So um, this, is, this is a game uh, uh, that I think is, is a big game uh, for both teams. And doesn't have anything to do with the conference. More bragging rights. But it kind of sets the tone um, for what could be seasons for the respective programs. Let's go uh, now to week five, Albany State versus Savannah State. That game is in Brunswick, Georgia, uh, a, a game in which uh, this, again, I think Benedict's the team to beat Fort Valley State right there. But again, you know, Albany State and Savannah State are going to compete because they competed on last year. And so I think both of those teams um, are going to be able to compete. And this is going to be a big game for week five, Allcorn and PV, as I mentioned, another SWAT Western Division games. Allcorn going to definitely have something to say about the Western Division PV as well. Again, it came down to the wire with uh, these two teams in the mix on last year towards the end of the season. And then Fayetteville State and Virginia Union, a CIAA game. It's going to be a rematch of last year's CIAA championship game. Or excuse me, the, the CIAA championship game from uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, well, no, no, let me take that back. Virginia Union hasn't um, hasn't gotten to that point yet, but it should be a preview. That's where I'm trying to get to. It could be a preview and really, uh, I think, should be a preview to the CIAA championship game, especially from 
a uh, really both standpoints because Fayetteville State defending champs and then Virginia Union looking to finally get there did participate in the Division II playoffs on last year. Week six, Virginia State and Bowie State. I think that CIAA Northern Division is very, very tough. Um, again, while I think Virginia Union's the team to beat, we haven't seen Virginia Union get it done in terms of winning a division crown. Meanwhile, we've seen both Bowie State and Virginia State win division crowns. Thus, I think this is a is a pivotal matchup in that CIAA Northern Division. Again, Savannah State going to be Savannah State and Fort Valley State. Savannah State's going to be a tough out this year. I like Fort Valley State to contend with Benedict for that for uh, for the SIAC or right to go to the SIAC championship game as well. Then also out of the uh, Mountain East Conference, West Virginia State and Notre Dame. Well, West Virginia State had some opportunities last year to compete late, fell short. Notre Dame ended up winning the Mountain East. So this is going to be a big game. I think that game is uh, Notre Dame, of, of course, of, of Ohio. That game is going to be played at Notre Dame. Let's go to week seven. Pivotal, big time matchup. Mentioned it a couple of times here already. Fort Valley State and Benedict, that game, now I believe that game is a Thursday night game. I believe that game has been moved now to ESPN2. So that just shows you how big time a game that is. It went from ESPNU, which generally, uh, when you're talking about a Thursday night game, if you're talking about HBCU, is either going to be MEAC or SWAC playing. And then if it's not MEAC or SWAC, it's um, some, uh, you know it's going to be a, a, like an FBS, lower tier, maybe FBS um, game, but you're talking about that game. That's how big a game that is being moved to ESPN two week seven, Fort Valley state at Benedict on Thursday night. And then, um, we also have, uh, week eight, South Carolina state and North Carolina central and really week eight of the season. The MEAC really doesn't get started in its conference games until, uh, week eight, where it rolls on from week eight to the to, uh, until the end, basically until the end of the season. That's a Thursday night game on ESPNU. Fayetteville State and Shaw been talking about this matchup for the last couple of years. Could determine the uh, CIAA Southern Division and Fayetteville State, of course, the defending champs. Can Shaw finally get over the hump this year? That's going to be the question, and that question will be answered in Durham uh, on in week eight. Then Benedict and Savannah State. Again, I think Savannah State's going to be in the mix, but Benedict is the team to beat. Let's move to week 10, the last season, or the last um, week of the regular season of the CIAA. Um, And uh, you're going to have a game, Sean St. Augs. I I look at that game because not only is it a rivalry, but again, Maybe Shaw uh, is looking to secure, again, especially if a week, two weeks prior over Fayetteville State, maybe looking to secure uh, secure that Southern Division crown. Howard and South Carolina State, I think Howard's going to be at the top. South Carolina State's going to b- bounce back in the MEAC. That game's going to be in Orangeburg, and it's going to be a pivotal matchup. Southern and Alcorn, again, a Western Division matchup. A big game. Game is going to be in Lorman, Mississippi. Going to be well attended. You know Southern travels. Alcorn State's got a good fan base as well. So that game may be sold out in Lorman as well. 
And then in the Fountain City Classic, um, you have Albany State and Fort Valley State. And again, perhaps, uh, you know, both of those teams, again, I think Benedict wins it, but maybe those two teams could be fighting for a Division II playoff, if not fighting uh, for uh, the right to participate in the SIAC championship game. Um, Week 11, uh, Charleston and West Virginia State. Again, last regular season game for the Mountain East. West Virginia State, is this the year that West Virginia State can win the Mountain East championship? Charleston Southern, I mean, excuse me, Charleston on last year um, wasn't at the upper echelon as it's been. So maybe this is a bounce back year for Charleston as well. Prairie View A&M and Southern, again, another SWAC Western Division matchup, Alcorn State at Texas Southern. I expect Texas Southern to be in the mix down the stretch as well for that Western Division crown. And then North Carolina Central and Howard. Maybe this is the true, um, what could amount to the MEAC uh, championship game, perhaps. Uh, you still have another week remaining of MEAC football. But again, uh, y- you know, because of an old technicality, um, Howard was was uh, uh, was uh, was recognized uh, as co-champions with North Carolina Central, which didn't make sense because even though both teams had one loss, North Carolina Central beat Howard going head to head. I think it's something that the conference has removed. It was something that was you know, sort of an old rule. Uh, but uh, you know, I know I know NCCU still wasn't happy about that. Uh, but that said, uh, this could determine the MEAC championship as well. And then in week 12, uh, the last regular season uh, week, you have Alcorn State and Jackson State. Big game, game going to be in Jackson. Huge game, could be sold out. Maybe for both teams, it will determine whether either of those teams go to the respective um, SWAT uh, championship, meaning could Jackson State win the East? Could Alcorn State win the West uh, by virtue of that game? And then I think the Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman, the Florida Classic in Orlando, could be a big game as well. More so for Florida A&M because, again, where is Florida A&M at that juncture? Again, if Florida A&M lost to Jackson State week one, it, it could become a pivotal game. We saw where it was, you know, going back two years ago where FAMU ended up going to the playoffs. Uh, so this could be another pivotal game for Florida A&M as well. So those are my thoughts in terms of pivotal games throughout the course of this up- upcoming HBCU season. Your thoughts. Of course, you can always hit us up uh, via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, and follow BoxToRow while you're there. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, where you can find us on the Box to Row YouTube channel, as well as BoxToRow.com and iHeartMedia Monday through Friday.
Talk with you tomorrow. We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142, and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.